really the face of your business is your website. And so really our goal today, and we have a very special guest, one of the smartest people I know, Chaz Klein, is we want to be able to equip the manufacturing leader to understand what to consider when they're planning their website. So that's our topic today. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. Jim here from Making Chips. So glad that you tuned in today for another episode of Making Chips. Jason is here. He's back from vacation. I'm dying to hear all about it. But anyway, I'm sitting in the Red Caffeine Marketing and Technology Headquarters in downtown suburban Lombard. That's a suburb west of Chicago. Again, we're here to do another marketing series for the Marketing for Makers. Um, We've got a great lineup of people today to equip and inspire you. But I want to introduce my good friend, co-host, vacation man, the guy that showed up late today that I'm not going to zing too much on, Jason J.Z. Zinger. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. I made the <laughs> hour and a half drive from the real downtown, Chicago, that is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I always feel like when, when you use the word downtown, it like, should be reserved for you know skyscrapers and you know big buildings and stuff like that, which Lombard is very cute. But Yeah, I, you would, know. Say, I would say it's quaint. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's cute. Okay, it's quaint and cute, whatever. <laughs> Cute little downtown Lombard. There you go. I made the drive in from the city. It took me a little bit while longer than I That's thought okay. it was going to. That's so, okay. We're but I'm gonna, here. We're going to hit you over the head That's later okay. on. I could take it. I know. I could, I could, I could hit back. Yes. So how was your trip? Just real quick before we get into the show, share with me, share with the listeners. You just got back from San Diego with your family and... Yeah, it, it was great. I mean, I had a great time. I was able to turn off and disconnect mostly. Um, so it was... <laughs> why are you laughing? Like, because I said mostly. <laughs> the listeners want to know. We made a bet on on error about three episodes no, no, ago. You said I had till the end of the year to turn my phone off for 48 hours. <laughs> Go back and listen. And, and anyway, you know, then you'll, you'll the be trip. able to hear. How was so it? it was How great. Was it? it was great. It wasn't, um, it was kind of funny because I was talking to um, uh, a friend of mine and I was like, you know, it was it was a great vacation, but it wasn't like a restful vacation. And, and my buddy was like, well, that's why we call it a family trip, not a vacation. Because when you're with kids, it's, you know, it's like, and, and then my mom asked me, she was like, well, you know, where'd you go out for your, um, you know, six year anniversary? And, and I was like, go out. I was like, we put the kids down to bed at like 530 and order food so we didn't go out anywhere kfc but, baby no i mean we or i mean we got we got food but i mean it, it was just you know we weren't like out no know, it was it was work you're but not, the, you're, but not the, you're not gonna go out and drink martinis with no, your kids there no and no. have a few of those no no and then you know get in the car and drive back to the hotel and right it was a, it was a lot of fun you know, i mean we yeah. had some we we brought some wine back to the room and it good was, it was nice it that was nice great and it also brought back some memories too when we flew out to san diego for yeah. workshop for warriors which was i don't know 50 60 something i don't remember well, what we, episode it I was i think our objective was to broadcast from 
um, Ray Zagantos. Correct, which was another episode Castillo around there. Was there, the president yep. of Red Caffeine and Marketing. But, uh, yeah, so yeah. it brought back those memories, which was nice. Sure, those sure. were some great episodes that we did with Workshops for Warriors. And, um, you know, reminded my wife that, you know, hey, this is where all the, it was around Memorial Day. Um, this is where all the veterans, you know, come out into the workforce and they're looking for jobs and we want them to be looking in the, um, in the manufacturing industry. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was good. All right. Shall we get on to this one? Absolutely. Guess who's in the studio today? Uh, well, you said we're at Red Caffeine, so I assume that that's Julie over there. Yeah, it is. Well, as, as we all know, we all definitely love and adore the marketing maven, Julie Poulos. Julie, welcome. <laughs> good to have you here, babe. Oh, gosh. It's so good to be back, guys. And uh, so nice that now um, the weather has broken a little bit. The last time you were here, I think we were all freezing. So I know. It's great. Happy summer. It's here. Happy summer in Chicago. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about today, Julie? What's, what's next in the Marketing for Makers series? Well, we have come to probably one of the most interesting topics that I think our listeners want to hear. So if you remember all, we started our journey on understanding what the goals were about why you should be doing any marketing. We talked about looking at your competitors and understand where you compete in the landscape, talking to your customers so you really have the pulse of what they are to really help you define your brand story. So once you have what we call the foundation of, of your business, really the face of your business is your website. And so really our goal today, and we have a very special guest, one of the smartest people I know, Chaz Klein, who is our tech lead, lead developer, designer, and really just drives um, all of our technology here, is we want to be able to equip the manufacturing leader to understand what to consider when they're planning their website. So that's our topic today. So Julie, you know, website, we hear that word every single day. It's part of our vocabulary now. It has been for 10, 15 years. I mean, I remember when Car Machine got its first website back in 1997, and it's an absolute must for any business entity to have a presence on the web, A, right? Correct. But I think that there's just so many layers to websites and what it means and what it's about and how it affects buying decisions and how it affects um, search engine optimization. The technology behind it. The technology. I've been, Lately, I, I've been struggling a, with this for 10 years. I've been telling my team that I, I'm going to come out with an e-commerce website for like 10 years. And I've and I failed like three times. So it's not easy when, especially when you're trying to be it, in the e-commerce space. Well, it's, it's, it's not easy, period. No. But the thing is, I think sometimes we, as business owners and leaders, need to just pull the trigger and, and go forward and, and move ahead. I think it's important to work with somebody that knows their stuff that's going to be able to really help um, pull it all together and get you the most out of out of your marketing dollars. Absolutely. So. And, and I think you made a good point about just pulling the trigger because I think to some degree, especially probably in the manufacturing industry, when you've got a lot of um, type A engineers, people that make perfect parts, they want their website to be perfect and it's never going to be. And it's always got to be just pull the trigger and then just iterate and make it better. That's, you know. Oh my gosh. That's, uh, so many things are popping in my head. I don't know which one to say first. <laughs> but, but it is a super 
wonderful segue into really um, what the goals are of defining your website. So I'm going to unpack this with a story. You might recall from, I'm sure I said this on some previous podcasts, but for us at Red Caffeine, it's kind of like um, Groundhog Day. Everybody comes to us and says they want a a website and they think that's going to solve all of their marketing issues, right? And so that's when we go back and unpack to what your goals are. And I I don't want to start just with your website goals. I want to refer back to the first episode um, that we did. I don't remember the the number of, of that, but what are your business goals? So the business goals really help you define what that website. And sometimes I think, Jason, to your point of like starting and stopping is, you know, we have found that sometimes somebody who's just developing your website maybe isn't thinking about your whole business. And and that's where sometimes you, you start to second guess yourself. And then you don't pull the trigger because you're second guessing your, yourself. So what we have found is going back to the whole Groundhog Day, everybody thinks that the website is going to bring them leads. And, and it will if it's built correctly, but it will if it's a destination for marketing, if it is built to be a destination for marketing, if it is built to be the window in your world. I even like to call it like your inside sales rep, right? Somebody who's, you're, you know, somebody's going to come to your to her website and be able to find the information that they want, they get to know you a little better, and then God willing, they're going to do an action. They're going to download something, they're going to fill out a form, or they're going to uh, upload a, a drawing and, and um, a request for quote. Okay, so... Again, website, extremely generic word. It means so many different things to so many people. You hear it all the time. Julie, I got to talk to you. We need to do my, my manufacturing company needs to do a website because we're really slow and we need a website. And you say, Oh, that's right, John. We really need to talk about that. What is, besides everything else that we've talked about in the series prior to this particular show, what is the right first step in developing a new website for a company? Well, the first step is always really defining what those goals are going to be and being clear what your what your expectations are. And that would be by understanding, like for you, I love to use you as a great example, is when we rolled out, it's a brand new car. Love that. My most favorite rollout we've ever done is it's a brand new car. Was just, you talked about credibility a few years ago. You know, especially in your space, when it, when people are going to your website and they're looking at you versus the eight other you know machine shops in Elk Grove Village, you already have credibility and trust to your brand. But there's other things that you need to be able to consider. Are you trying to provide thought leadership and expertise? Are you trying to provide you know something in terms of e-commerce or whatever? So first is to define the goals of your site, and we're going to provide a downloadable today. Um, some of the things that Chaz will talk to you about now is what he wants you to be thinking about and looking for before you come and talk to him. So I'd really like to introduce Chaz Klein and let him take the wheel. All right, let's do it. Welcome, Chaz. Thank you for having me. No problem. I know you're a big fan of the show, right? Yep. Listen, Listen to every, 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 every single one. Yeah. My 15-minute uh, ride in. So, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Thank, we thank you for the support. And mm-hmm. uh, again, welcome. And I know you worked on the the Car Machine site a little correct, bit. Correct. Um, well, a lot of bit, I think, back in the day. And I think that was when you had just started with 
uh, Red Cafe, and I think one of your first projects yeah. was the Car Machine. That right? was uh, that was actually one, yeah, one of my first projects here. Yeah. Uh, I got to take that on, and um, I think it came out great. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm still smiling, man. So, awesome. So welcome. Tell us what what your role is. Tell us what Julie's trying to uh, you know convey here. Try try and make sense of it for all us manufacturers that don't do this on a daily basis. Absolutely, absolutely. So I kind of came from a, a design background. I uh, went to school for it. Um, kind of learned development all on my own. Uh, worked at a couple different agencies in Chicago. You know, came here. I wanted to take on the role of tech lead, uh, lead developer um, that would also work hand in hand with UX, uh, interaction design, things like that. Um, so, you know, really what, what, what I do here is we take a lot of different things and we think about it from a holistic view and you know we'll think about who's your target audience uh what are the different kind of things that they're going to interact with on your site do you want to provide content do you want that to provide some kind of e-commerce aspect uh different things like that you know we roll that out and then from there you know i i go into building out a site map which is your navigation you know things that your website's going to entail the different pages um and then we start looking at uh, wireframing and you know how people are going to go throughout your website, look through it, um, and then really getting into um, those brand style guides, things like this. Um, so really, you know, we're, we're doing uh, pretty full scale uh, from start to finish. So yeah, Chaz, you had talked about that. I heard, I just heard you say UX, and I mean, I thought I knew everything about marketing, or at least you know better than the average. But I've never heard UX. Please explain. So UX is a uh, pretty broad term. Um, there's really no by def- definition um, word for it. And, and there's nothing. There's a lot of different industry leaders that talk about it and what it means to them. You know, in simple forms, it's, it's pretty much the process of designing a digital or physical product that's useful, easy to use, and uh, delightful to interact with. So you know, it's something that you want your customers, your clients, your target audience to be able to come to your website and get to where they need to go as quickly as possible without uh, upsetting them, making them want to leave the page. Um, it's all about that flow of how you can get them to inter- enjoy and interact with your website so as quickly and as best possible. What would upset them or make them want to leave the page? I know like, like down- download speed would probably be one thing. Download, but- d- download speed is one of the top leading factors. Um, you know, as we, as we get further and further down this technology loophole, people are expecting things quicker and quicker. So, Yo, so basically they want to go to your website, you know, if they're going to like zengers.com and they want it to appear just like that just like that so they want it on there they want it on their phone just as quickly you know they want to be able to get to where they want to get to right away see your main messaging uh so a lot of times you know that's your main navigation they don't want to go and search to how to go contact you you know they they want the phone number right up on top uh they want your social media links they want um you know your contact how 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 they can read about you your main messaging, um, your phone number, your address, right exactly. away. Exactly. They don't want to go searching. Um, you know, people who spend more it's got to be glaring. Exactly. It's got to be right in their if, face. If you can't find it, and I mean, you got to think about it as as yourself as a user. If you're going online to find something, you click on a result, and you're not looking, you don't find what you're looking for right away. Boom, X out, X out. You go yeah. to the next site. So, as a developer, and as a user, for me, how do we make 
the that user experience dynamic so we can hook them because i i'm sure you have the statistics on how fast people yay or nay when they land on a site what is that how many um, seconds it's it's going down daily but it's it's about like 1.2 seconds and if it's oh my not, god i was gonna, not, i was gonna say 10 seconds oh no it's 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 going a lot quicker so, uh, especially the younger generations, they're used to that speed as to where, you know, when the internet first came out, people were used to load, waiting for 30 seconds for a site to load. But So somebody Googles something, they hit the site in 1.2 seconds, that user is going to either X out or stay on and become more engaged with the website. Correct. Okay. So again... What do what do you do in your day to day to attract that user to that site? Of, of course, knowing what content the your client wants to put out there, but how do you, as a developer, create that excitement to engage that that person? There's a lot of different things. Um, you know, a lot a lot of the things start and and they really stem from your target audience. So um, it's really tailored to what you're trying to get across and the people that you're targeting. Because you know, if you're trying to just target everybody in the world, it's not going to engage them. So you really want to hit some really strong messaging right off the gate. So let's talk about a manufacturer. So you know, and you can use me as an example. You could use Jason as an example. What are those key elements that you think, and we can just paraphrase quickly, that would make a prospect excited about being on one of our respective, a manufacturer site? The number one thing that I see with manufacturing sites, that engaging messaging that's quick, concise, and some kind of um, beautiful imagery that highlights exactly what they're doing and gives them that exact feel and to know exactly what they're going to get on that site and what they can get out of it. Our brains can absorb those visual picture cues much, much faster than words. So, you know, you want to have shorter words, less explaining and more pictures to explain that. And, and that, that's the trend you'll see. Um, you know, you go on websites nowadays, and unless it's a news article, um, you know, the whole front, front of the website is a big image or a video um, and just one or two lines of, of, of text. And it's just, it's a quick, engaging message. Get people, you know, what they want to hear and uh, get them to where you want them to go. So Yeah, I think that we, we redid some of our um, messaging on our new new website. And I think it, it we, we tried to shorten it, or I tried to shorten it as much as I possibly can, could. And it's, it's basically, you know, industrial tools and supplies. I mean, I try to make it just, that way. If somebody goes there quickly, they know exactly what we do in a, in a very short amount of time. I mean, that's not everything we do, but you can't say everything all at once. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the best things that I ever did um, in terms of of, of understanding that user experience and, and how people interact with. There's a book by uh, Steve Krug, and it's called Don't Make Me Think. And just the title alone resonates. People don't want to think. That resonates with me for sure. They don't want to think. And it's, it's a book that anyone can read, that anybody who's interested in how to make their website better, how to be a better marketer, that really resonated with me. And what was that again, Shaz? It's called... Don't it's called please, please Don't Make Me Read, and it has all <laughs> blank pages with no words on it. Well, actually, when he said it, I'm like, that sounds like my kind of book, because I don't really like to read. You don't want to read. I'm definitely more visual, without a doubt. There's no question at all. I'm attracted you want picture books. to picture vis- <laughs> like, like a one-year-old. With just a couple texts. But you know, I can read a, 
a sentence or two. We know you. I'm just not. I don't want to read, read an article. I just don't. I mean, I don't want to read a novel. I I get bored. I get distracted right away. But yeah. anyway, so okay, so I get that, Chaz. I I you know we're looking at these beautiful pictures. So the next thing is, so they're on your site. They're like, oh, this play, this this manufacturing company is sexy. I like what they do. I get what they're the message that they're trying to convey. Now what do we got to do? Does it there's got to be a CTA or a Call to action. A call to action. Yep. Very important. That's uh, that's the number one thing you, you want them to do. You want to capture their email address. You want to capture if they want a quote. Um, you know, a lot of times in manufacturing, the ability to put in your deadlines, your uh, quantity, uh, different things like that, your project description, upload some files, and just hit submit, that is hands down one of the best user experiences because you don't want to have to call them fax them over something no what um, fax them over exactly no way. No so way. you know that's that's one big thing uh, when we see a lot of these manufacturing companies we recommend that hands down every single time but call to actions can be throughout your entire site whether it's you know linking them to specific pages that you want people to read um whether it's linking them to those contact forms or the rfq forms or Engaging them with some kind of download um, that's you know educational uh, things like that. I could not agree with you more. And here's what I think. So, let's say you've got Mister Purchasing Agent, Mister Engineer out there that just designed this beautiful part. Their current machine shop is having they're struggling on quality or delivery or something like that. So they need to go out. They hit our site. What they want to do is they want to. You're right about the deadline. I never thought that that was important because they've got a deadline that needs to be met. So that's a great part of the call to action that I think is imperative. So he puts in, I need this part by July 15th. Here's the solid file. Here's my email address. Here's my cell phone number. Look at it and get back to me immediately. And I tell you, when I get those kind of portal inquiries, especially if the person puts in their cell number. I know this guy means action. He wants me to call him immediately. It's it's on fire. And most of the time, that's my best new prospect is because they're in pain, and I'm going to just absorb all that pain from them. Absolutely. And, and the fact that you're getting that information front-loaded to you, helps you uh you know look into that company or look into what what they're wanting uh different things like that so um gives you a little bit of time to to really interact with them on a deeper level so yeah i mean a website is you know it's it's more or less just a communication medium and if you can you know raise that level of communication by answering those questions up front you're going to be in such a better position later and in a better relationship with that with that customer so I, I still have one more question because I kind of I kind of love this t- topic. So I, and then I'll I'll let you talk. Um, but anyway, the next thing is we hear all the time is SEO or search engine optimization. That's where it gets tricky. So can you kind of explain? I mean, I understand it. Do I? I don't understand it to the nth degree. But can you kind of elaborate a little bit and enlighten us all on how that works? why it's important, why it's relevant, and how we can design our websites to make it more searchable based on keywords that are relevant to the industry. 
Yeah, um, I mean, you hit you hit the nail on the head with the whole keywords thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things as a developer uh, when building out a website that structure-wise we have to think about. Um, we have to think about all the images and how those th- there's alt tags and those things all get pulled into Google. Google finds all of these different little things on your site. So we can optimize it from a development standpoint. And then from there, it's more or less um, optimizing each image, each uh, keyword, the um, descriptions, the titles of the pages. You know, we really want to search and, and find those, those easy to target keywords that don't have a lot of competition. Once we know those, we want to use those throughout the right. site. We don't want to keyword stuff because you know, Google, Google does not like that. So you don't want to overuse things, but you want to sprinkle them through, you know, it, it, it just, there's a lot of best practices that we can do that will just organically help increase your search engine optimization. So you're developing a site for a new manufacturer, let's say a machine shop, and you're sitting with your team, the design team, and you're deciding on what words we want to tag for a particular manufacturing company. How is it done why is it important to pick something that's niche rather than vague? I think these are good questions that manufacturers that are listening to this particular episode need to know because I think this is a critical component on how to be found. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, it, it goes a lot deeper. Um, there's tools that, that are out there. There's Google Keyword Planner, uh, Moz, different things like that that um, allow you to basically figure out some some search terms and keywords that, you know, like I said, have um, you can see the level of competition, the opportunity, uh, the cost that it's going to take uh, for PPC, th- different things like that, paid per click ads. Um, you know, that's, um, that's a whole nother that's topic. A whole nother, it's a whole nother yeah. deeper level. But, um, you know, what you can be thinking about is really finding some of these main keywords that stand out that you can definitely hit on. And you think that you have um, kind of that, that niche in the market and something that you can outweigh other competitors with. And once you know those... Because you're going to do analysis on my competitors' websites correct, and see what keywords correct. they're using. Yep. Okay. So, so are you piggybacking on them or It really depends on on different strategies. Um, you know, if if they're targeting really good keywords, you know, then we can piggyback off those, but a lot of times we like to kind of make that tailored to you and to your company and to your manufacturing business, finding the specific ones that are going to make you stand out, whether it's you have a specific product, uh, different things like that, you know, that's where we really want to start targeting. But there's definitely value in in taking competitors, um, seeing if you can start outranking them, different things like that. So sure, sure. Julie, did you want to add to that? I know you I know you're just dying to, to, to share the mic here. But I know because I think it's good that we go back to you from you know a broad range what what you hear because you're the ears for what the manufacturers are screaming to you saying help me help me i need my business to double in two years right i just don't want to i want to kind of reference back to the episode that dan mantia was on in terms of the competitive analysis i think that was like 101 he i think he touched on seo we could go down a total wormhole just to jump on to what Chaz was saying is the decisions have to be is um, 
I'm going to just use a, a, a metal stamping client. Okay, so that was, we can't do everything in metal stamping, but I think we focused on one product, bus bars, and try to own that. Like, Yeah, it's so, always better to be more specific than general because, you know, there's less competition. You riches know, in the you, niches. You have, you have more of an opportunity <laughs> to, uh, to capitalize on that, on that opportunity. But circling back to how SEO relates to a website is, you know, we do initial on-page SEO, but that is not a one and done. What we're doing is Chaz can help me out here, but we're trying to do the main pages, the all to picture or the pictures and the headlines to give you that main searchability. And then there's an ongoing monthly effort that we're continuing to do. And when Dan does his initial online audit, he's able to kind of assess what the competitors are doing, look what our goals are trying to be, and then like set that for you. But I don't want to um, run out of time where we can't talk about platforms. I was just going to say, we and better I, talk about that because that's really important. I think just as much as kind of understanding user experience and what you should be considering are what the platforms and the differences in them and what you can use. And then I think I want to circle back to um, what you initially asked for, Chaz, is that downloadable that we're going to make available to you. What, what can somebody start doing on their own? So when, when, you, when you say platform, are you referring to the technology that they're using to basically host their their site? Yes. To develop or the their language site, or to develop, develop it site. or, you know, however technical you want. I do to understand. Correct. I have a lot of questions about that. So yeah. like with me, I'm, I'm my new site, I'm developing a, the e-commerce site on Magento. So would that be the platform that you're talking about? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, your, your CMS, which is your content management system. Um, it's, it's both your platform and content management system, content management systems. They're just strictly for somebody to be able to manage all the content, the images, things like that, update the pages. Um, and so forth. Um, so yeah, you know, there's, there's many different options when it comes to platforms. Um, really depends on if, if you're looking at strictly more a, um, static website or dynamic website that, that doesn't have any e-commerce functionality. Um, then there's the whole e-commerce functionality and that's going to be things like Magento, um, have that ability. So like with me, I need e-commerce functionality. Jim, there's, I don't know what he would need e-commerce functionality for. He doesn't need a shopping cart. Nobody's ever going to, you know, do exactly. that. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, maybe it's coming eventually, but yeah, what well, it's not relevant right now for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what we do, um, and we're, we're an Umbraco shop. So Umbraco is an open source content management system. Uh, what we do with that is it allows us to First of all, not have a licensing fee. Um, a lot of these content management systems are upwards from ten to forty thousand dollars just to buy the initial license for it. So that's so it's a, open source. You're it's saying. open source. So yeah. everyone is community effort, like a Magento is too. Exactly. So um, with with what we do, it's completely custom. We're allowed to to drive and and do whatever we want with it. Uh, unique functionality. We train a lot of our uh, our customers on exactly how to use it for themselves. So they're not always coming to us every time they have to update a headline or something. You know, so there's there's definitely things like that. Um, other things that we've done in the past is, for example, a company we just worked with, SMI, uh, Specialty Manufacturing Incorporated, they had no presence online at all. So they wanted a brand new corporate website but with a with a off the shelf page, so they could just sell five products. So they didn't want it to be a strictly e commerce website. They just wanted that ability to have somebody be able to check out. We were able to integrate Embraco, which is open sourced, and then an open sourced uh, e commerce platform that we hooked onto. So we were able to give them both solutions, you know, and and really give them a robust uh, website that had both 
functionality pieces. So, like, I don't know if this is a side note that people will be interested in, but, like, everybody always hears about, as far as a platform goes, uh, WordPress. That's, like, the big <laughs> elephant. So, like, why would you choose, if you're deciding what kind of platform to use, why would you choose, like, an Umbraco over a over a WordPress? And as a side note, there's there's a, it's actually kind of funny because there's, in the tool and die industry, there's a fastener by a company called Umbraco um, that's very popular, oh, wow. that's been around for many, many years. So, not that, you know, you guys on in marketing <laughs> would know that, but Jim might know this. <laughs> I kind of do, yeah. yeah. That, well, now <laughs> exactly. that you mentioned it, but I, I know Car is built on Umbraco, and yeah. I, I love it. And, so, go ahead. Yeah, so why? Um, yeah, so uh, WordPress, uh, you know, started off with a, with a love relationship. It's developed into kind of a, a hate relationship with it. Um, I mean, they're the majority of the websites out there. I mean, let's and, be honest, but it, that doesn't make it the best. Exactly, you know what I mean? and I can elaborate on why that is. So, um, you know, there's not a lot of Ferraris and Lamborghinis <laughs> out there, but they're the best, you know, cars. So, you know, just exactly. Tell you, um, you know, WordPress started off as a blogging platform strictly. So, um, it was just for people who wanted to have a blog. And while it did that great, people started trying to transform it into a full uh, website housing platform, which it was never built to be. So people started building on these templates and these themes. And so when you go and people want to do these uh, WordPress sites, a lot of times they're just buying a theme and they're trying to customize it a little bit, which means you're not getting a custom website. You're getting something that's kind of out of the box with a little bit of tailored uh, things to your to your website. WordPress is great, you know, in, in regards for somebody who just wants to create a business themselves or an online presence. You know, you can download one of those templates. You can implement it. It's pretty easy to learn. Problem is. There's a lot of security flaws. Uh, things need to be updated consistently. Um, if you don't update, you know, usually in about a year, you'll get what's called a white screen of death. And that means that your website will just be completely blank and you're going to have to completely back it up, reboot it, find a new theme for it. Um, I've seen that happen many times. So typically, I don't like to suggest people go down that route, but a lot of sites are on it. Um, Makingchips.com is on WordPress, but maybe we should move to Umbraco. That being said, like I said, you know, it it is a great site to have for companies that just want to build something um, and, and, you know, want to get their name out there. And for specific things like blogging, um, obviously podcasting is working well on it. So, sure. so I guess the bottom line is that the platform matters. Yes, and absolutely. people should be careful when they develop a website that they make sure they choose the right platform and get good advice um, when choosing that correct platform. Exactly, and the cheapest option might not always be the best. So do your research. Um, you know, look into those platforms. Ask and questions. Ask questions. You know, because exactly. I don't assume that the manufacturing leaders out there. They probably uh, the platform is like the least of their concerns. It's like they're concerned with making good parts and running a good business. But they're ask only the right questions. Chips. Yeah, they're making chips exactly. exactly. So, but ask the right questions and make sure that you are choosing the right platform for your business to have a great face for your company. Absolutely. Chaz, before we go, I just want you to touch on really quick on we're going to have something available for you to kind of capture a worksheet for yourselves. But what are the things that you want people to do a little homework before they talk to somebody about building a website? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this checklist that we that we kind of built out, um, we, we give this to our clients now before we have them even go down this whole website uh, plan. And it's really to get them thinking and to challenge themselves. Uh, so it's kind of a checklist of, of homework that we give them where it's, you know, find some websites that you love. Now tell us why you love it. What's the pieces of functionality you like? Do you like how it's laid out? Do you like the color scheme? Do you like the typography? All these different elements. Then find websites that you don't like and challenge yourself as to why you don't like them. Um, and then, you know, thinking about, 
like interactive features that you might want. Um, if you might want to blog, there's a lot of different things that uh, you can do beforehand that's going to help you drive that that initial conversation. So the, the the next thing that Chaz would ask for is functionality. What are the things that you you know want to do? So I think really our, our our takeaways that we want you to be able to use in your own business is start with again. We always say start with the goals. So. Really try to remember what you're trying to achieve. User experience, I know it's a big word, but all you have to remember is experience. And I kind of like, I'm always like the the common denominator, you know, the team tests things out on me here. If it works here, they roll it out to everybody else. But if, if you want to engage online, just like you're engaging offline, that's the bottom line. Oh, that kind of, we should like coin that or something. That's a good tagline. Yeah. But we want to, you build your website for your buyers and really address the differences between different buyer types and and give them easy access to the information they need to um, have them be able to make a decision and, and equip them. And, and always remember, you know, we're so used to doing, I know we talked about a call to action in marketing, like if it's a, if it's a, a trade show or if it's an email or if it's a, a, a some type of, um, you know, advertising, but your website, what do you want them to do? You want them to download something. You want them to write out a form. You want them to, you know, ultimately give you um, a request for a quote, be educated on your platforms and, um, just really be an educated consumer. And that's what we were hoping that we were able to accomplish today. Yeah, I guess what I would like to know is, you know, what what do you enjoy about this new marketing series? What what do you want to hear about? What are we missing? Because we want, I mean, we're here to serve the, um, you know, the manufacturing leaders out there. And we want to know what you want to know about in marketing, because we're trying to read your mind, but we can't always do it correctly. So give us some feedback. Let us know um, what do you what what is that burning question that you have about marketing so that we can get that answered in this marketing series. We know the right people. Exactly. So, so with that, my dad always used to tell me, you know, Julie, what did my dad always used to tell me? If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam! This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. It would help if I hit the record button. <laughs> I almost messed up. This is what happens when we don't have Ryan here.